when I'm standing in the back, sometimes during the worship, um, one thing that I love is that I can hear the kids from the front singing out all the way from the back, and it is precious, and I love it. And uh, we can learn some things from our kids about how to sing out. Uh, church, it's good to see you this morning. I'm, I'm really thankful that everybody survived Snowmageddon this weekend. Uh, we had some sad, some sadness at our house this weekend when what we thought was going to come didn't come, but, uh, but that's okay. Uh, it's going to get here eventually. We just keep saying that one day we're going to get the big snow. So, uh, And some of you are glad that we didn't, so either way, um, hope that you're happy. Um, so this morning, we are uh, starting out the new year, and as we do every, every year, we start out with a glimpse looking forward. What is it that God is leading us to and calling us to? And I hope that it's not just a church thing. I hope that it's an individual thing. So for me, I like to uh, take the first time of every year and just kind of think through and evaluate what the previous year was like and what I'm hoping and praying for the, the, the year ahead. And so I hope that you take some time to think, okay, what is it that, that God's calling me to give my life to this, this upcoming year? Um, and what is it this past year, some things that maybe need to go or things that, um, uh, things that maybe shouldn't have been there, things that maybe cause distractions in our lives. Um, have you ever been in a car that stalled out? Like maybe it was a manual transmission or, or whatever, or maybe it was just like one of my cars, just a junky car. Um, my very first car was my grandma's car. Um, which, by the way, I think every kid's first car should be their grandma's car because it's really humbling. Um, and it's uh, all, the, all the young ones are saying, no, 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 that, that shouldn't happen, but it should happen. Uh, it builds character. Um, my, my grandmother's old car was like a 1980-something Chevy Cavalier. It was basically an old gray box. That was, that was my first car. And, there, like, you couldn't make it cool. And I tried. I tried to make that thing look cool. I added, like, I mean, I, I did all kinds of stuff to the interior. I put the flame steering wheel on it. You guys remember that phase? I had the flames on the, on the gas pedals and stuff. And I was trying to just, like, pimp that ride. Like, it was just... <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. So, I was trying to... <laughs> I was trying to, to, to really like make it look awesome and you just, you just can't, man, you just can't do that. Um, and so it was, it was a terrible, I'm thankful for the car, but it was just like, I mean, it just it had all kinds of issues. But one of the, the biggest problems was that it had a stalling issue. It was an automatic and it would just randomly stall out at just random times. And it, I mean, it didn't matter if, but if I came to a stop sign or a stop light, it would just like kind of do some funny stuff and just just shut off you had to put it in park and and start it up again and the problem is is that it did it at like just any random time so i'll be like rolling into an intersection and then just shut off and i'd have to stop it put it in park in the middle of the intersection and it obviously got pretty dangerous there was a turn in our neighborhood that um that was like sort of a blind corner and it happened all the time so as i would start just to start to accelerate it just and it would be it'd be done and and so obviously it became a, a dangerous thing because uh, at any given moment you just see me sitting in the middle of the intersection trying to restart this, this, uh, this, <laughs> this old gray box with flames and, and stuff. Um, so here's, here's the issue though. 
the car wasn't functioning how it was supposed to, and so it was causing it to stall, and uh, it wasn't fulfilling its, its purpose. The reason I say this is because many times in our lives, we can, we can stall out um, and maybe not um, be functioning as, as we are called to. Maybe it's not like a catastrophic failure, or maybe it's not like a, you know, a total crash that totals your vehicle, but it's a, just, a, just a subtle you know, hesitation, stalling, where we're not as actively pursuing and chasing after what God has called us to in, in our life, in our marriages, in our parenting, um, in, in all of those areas of our life. It can also happen in churches, too, where churches can, can stall and lose focus on what it is that God has, has called his church to, to be and what he has called his church to do. Before Christmas, we had been going through a series through the book of Acts. Uh, and we're going to get started again next week. But as we, as we get launched back in, Pastor Kevin's going to lead us back in where we left off, which I think is about chapter 8 um, or 9. And uh, we're going to pick up there next week. But before we do, go ahead and turn back to Acts because we're going we're gonna to work our way back in. Um, as we think through uh, the vision that God has given us for 2024 at Hope Valley Church. If you didn't get one, there, uh, we do have a handout this morning that will help you kind of walk through. Maybe you could jot some sermon notes down. Um, also, there's some blanks to fill in, and some of you have already tried to fill in the blanks and guess ahead of what, what it's going to be. That's what I always did. So, um, so uh, if you don't have one, there, there's some in the back. You can get one. Um, you can run back there and, and grab one. So, um, but here's my, here's my question. What is it that drove the church in Acts, right? So we started, and we were just pretty incredibly got to see God's Spirit working through ordinary Christians, right? Not superstar, you know, Christians, but just ordinary followers of Jesus. And God used them to literally turn the world upside down. So what are some character traits? What are some things that was going on in the life of that church that that helped them, that propelled them to, to where they were? So we started in the book of Acts, and uh, in Acts chapter 1, we saw that uh, after Jesus died, after he rose again, he continued to, to teach and, uh, his disciples for, for a short period before he ascended to heaven. And before he ascended to heaven, he gave his disciples a commission. He gave them a series of commands. And so in Acts chapter 1, look at verse 8, Jesus some of the final words that he gave his disciples. He said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We talked about that word witness. And how that wit- the word witness is used like 28 or 29 times throughout the book of Acts. It's just a continual, repetitious um, Calling what? What is it that he is calling your people, my people, to be? And so it's this idea that we are called to to bear witness of and to to carry the name of Jesus wherever it is that we go. So God's going to lead every single one of us at Hope Valley to different places, different types of work, different types of business, different family circles, different states, different countries, all over the place. He's going to lead us there. And the question is, what, how are we carrying the name of Jesus when we go there? Right? Not that everybody has to have this specific, you know, 
calling that everybody else like, that said the same thing. It's, it's, we're all called in different ways, but we're all called to the same thing. And that is what we bear witness to the name of Jesus. And so what we're going to see is that they, they take that identity and they run with it. And they take seriously this calling to be witnesses of Jesus. And then at verse 9 it says, And when he had said these things, they were, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood before them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus whom was taken up away from you into heaven will come again the same way that you saw him go into heaven. In other words, the angels are sitting there. The guys are just amazed, and they're just sort of standing there, like mouths wide open, what just happened, gazing into heaven. And the angels come, and they say, what, wait, what are, you, what are you doing? Why are you still standing here? What did he just say? He, he just told you to go, so the calling is not to stand and wait, but to actively pursue and to go. So he, would, he had called them to something. But they're sort of in that moment, I think, just kind of like, what's just happened? Is he coming, like, is he coming back now? What's, what's going to happen? And, and I think that's good. We, we should look to the second coming of Jesus, right? Like, we talk about it a lot because that's the next thing that we're waiting on. Jesus is coming again. And we look to that, and, we, uh, and we, we're excited about that day. But the reality is, is that as we talk about the second coming of Jesus, there's a billion people in the world who've never heard about his first coming, right? So we've got a mission to fulfill and so he has given us to become his his witnesses and so they take this identity and they go and they go empowered by the spirit so when we talked about this passage we looked at how that jesus said you'll receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you and they receive you know what what is it that they received what is it that the, the holy spirit enabled them to do. We talked about the boldness that they received, that the Holy Spirit empowered them to be bold in the, uh, with, with the gospel, with those around them, that the Holy Spirit get, granted them patience to endure uh, trials and hardships and strength to endure persecution, and the Holy Spirit went before them, right, preparing the way and, and leading and guiding them. And so as they yielded to the leading of the Holy Spirit, he would lead them and guide them to conversations, to people. And as they were obedient to the Spirit of God, then he began to, to work, and the gospel was, um, was sent out. But he said, you will be, I will give you power. You will be empowered to be my witnesses. So many times um, in the church, I think it's just like we, we try to build up the, the structure of, of our specific local church instead of advancing the gospel that God has, has given to us. And so he didn't empower us to build big church buildings. He didn't empower us to make awesome church committees. He didn't empower us to have awesome potlucks, which we're about to have a really good one in a moment. But the, 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 the mission that God has given to us is much bigger than that. And so the Holy Spirit empowers them and they go. Right, so as we, as we tracked the church in Acts, they began immediately. In fact, they began, like when the Holy Spirit comes, they begin that day. Like it's not like, okay, let's get a committee and let's plan for the future. It's like, no, what's God calling us to today, right now? And so many of us, I think for me, I know it's easy for me to say, okay, what does God have for me in the future when I really need to be asking, what do you have for me today? Like what are you calling me to right now in this moment? And so that very day they go 
God begins to work. Uh, Peter uh, preaches his very first sermon, and then it says at the end of chapter 2 that, um, that the people received the word, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. So the church is exploding. The, the word of God is, is going forward. Um, it explodes. Well, then we get a glimpse at what that early church looks like. And so Pastor Kevin walked us through this passage in, uh, in chapter 2, at the end of chapter 2, verse 42. We get a, like a snapshot, like a glimpse into the life of the early church. And it says, and they, this is chapter 2, verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done among the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So we get a glimpse into this church. And what are they doing? Right? They're, they're, they're gathering. They're praying. They, they ate together. They fellowshiped together. They studied together. They listened. They, they shared together. They worshiped together. They sacrificed. They met needs. They reached out to others. They shared the gospel. So this is anything but a stagnant church. It's a vibrant, active, sending, going church. And so then what we see is that persecution begins to come, right? So whenever the work of God's advancing, the enemy's going to work against it. So persecution begins to come. And so we looked at in chapters 3 and 4 um, and, and 5, when, and when persecution begins to enter into the life of the, of the church. But here's what's incredible. As the persecution comes... They pressed harder into the Lord, following the leading of the Holy Spirit, and the church continued to grow. The church, the gospel continued to go forward. Why? Because you can't stop the work of God. When God is leading and God is working and God is, and God is in it, you can't stop it. In fact, even the, the Pharisees of that day understood that something was happening here. And so if you look at chapter, Acts chapter 5, there's another moment where they had just brought the disciples in. They've just, they've done, this, they've done the questioning thing again. They've done the rebuking again. They've done the beating, all of those things. They do not speak anymore in the name of Jesus. Well, they're frustrated because they continue to speak and they say, we have to obey God rather than man. So they're just so frustrated. Well, then there's a, uh, look, at, look at verse 33 of chapter 5. And when they heard this, they were enraged and they wanted to kill them. This is the, the Sanhedrin, the council. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And he said to them, men of Israel, take care of what you are about to do with these men. For, these day, before, for before these days, Thutis rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. Just like that, and after him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were, were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. 
For if this plan or if this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it's of God, now think about that statement for a moment. But if it's of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. And you might even be found to opposing God. I, I don't even know if he realized how, how right he was in that moment. Right, that, that God was truly moving. And there was nothing that these men could do to stop it. There's nothing that the council could do. There's no, there, there's no gather that they could assemble to try to, to, to stifle and stamp out. There's no amount of persecution that they could raise up that would stop what God was doing. It says, it continues, it says, And so they took his advice. And when they had called into the sight of the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus. And they let them go. Verse 41, I love this. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple from house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. You can't stop what God is doing. You can't stop the moving of, of God. And so God was moving in this, in this church. And what I love about these early apostles, these early disciples, followers of Jesus, is that the question for them wasn't like, okay, so what church are we going to go to this weekend? No, it's, it's like, how am I going to give my life for Jesus this weekend? Like, what is it? And that was, that was literally what they, were, what they were chasing after. They were... They were aggressively pursuing the mission of God. I asked the question earlier, okay, so when times in our life, or even in churches, when we stall, right, when we hesitate, when maybe we get a little bit distracted, like what, do, what can we do in those moments? What can we do um, when, we, when we stall out? Well, looking at some of the characteristics of this early church, um, there's, a, there, there's three things that I can see that, that they were actively doing that, that helped continue to propel, to point them in the direction of the mission of God. First thing is that they surrendered their lives to the Spirit of God. They surrendered their lives to the Spirit of God. So when the Spirit of God came, they received the Spirit of God and He sent them. And then as, we, as you trace the, the church, you're going to see it again and again and again where they follow the leading of the Spirit. And, and quite literally, like, even if, if they're, they're going to a moment where, the, where Paul's like, hey, I, the Spirit wouldn't let me go this way, so I had to go a different direction. Or I was praying, and, and, and the, the Spirit, do you want us to go this way? And, and so quite literally, they were yielded to, surrendered to uh, the, the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. So they were surrendered their lives to the Spirit of God. They lived their lives to the glory of God. So what did, like, the, the, the foundation, the, the, the motivation that drove everything that they did was the glory of God. So every time you see them, they're praising and honoring the Lord. They're thanking the Lord for what, they even stop to thank the Lord for the persecution and the suffering that comes. Everything that happens, they turn it to give glory and honor to God. So they lived their lives to the glory of God, and then they gave their lives for the mission of God. They gave their lives for the mission of God. So think about that for a moment. If your life and mine and your eyes and mine are focused, laser focused on 
following after the Spirit of God's lead. We talked about walking by the Spirit last week, Pastor Kevin did. If, if our lives are laser-focused on what is it that God is leading me to? Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Like opening the Word of God, would you speak to me today? What is it that you have me to, today? What is it that I have to forsake today? What are you calling me to? If we're laser-focused on following after the Spirit of God, if we are uh, living our lives for the glory of God, and if we're, if we're giving our lives to the mission of God, then it's impossible to be stagnant. It's impossible to be to, to stall out and, and, to, and to stop when you're aggressively following after the Lord. That's what we see happening in this early church. Now, to say that, sometimes it's easy to look at the church in Acts and say, well, man, okay, that's the perfect church. They were far from perfect. In fact, that's why most of Paul's letters were written is because there was issues to address in the church, right? And there was times when they would lose focus. There was times when they would, when they would stop these characteristics and kind of turn either inward or turn towards a problem or turn towards whatever. Um, and so they would have to be gently reminded, hey, hey, what is it God's called us to? And so every single one of us need that reminding. Every single one of us need this moment, um, which is one reason why we have this Vision Sunday every single year where we, we regroup. Okay, what is it that God is calling us to? Are there things that, that need? And so when we, as, as the leaders of pastors are praying, is there things that need to like, that need to, that we need to say no to so that we can say yes to what these other things are? The, 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 the point is that we have to be surrendered to following after the Spirit of God, allowing His work to lead us, to lead us in what He desires for our lives, for our families, for our church. Um, if you look throughout history, you'll find a history of, um, of Christian pastors and teachers. You'll find what, what I just call like generation-defining sermons. And, and what I mean by that is like, there's, if you, there's just some famous sermons that are out there that, um, that God has used sometimes in extraordinary ways to spark revival uh, that God has used in different ways. Um, uh, and, and so, like, you think about, like, Jonathan Edwards. The, he has, you know, famous, famous sermons out there. One is Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And you've got um, uh, D.L. Moody, who's got some uh, d- d- sermons. You've got um, Charles Spurgeon, who has just some, some incredibly uh, influential, impactful sermons. But in my day, um, I, I talk like I've, you know, been here a long time. But... Um, in, in my lifetime so far, there has been some uh, very impactful, influential sermons that have really, um, uh, that have really worked in my, in my heart. One uh, was by Pastor um, uh, Matt Chandler, was one on purity years and years ago that God really used in my own life. One was uh, um, by Mark Driscoll, one on idolatry that I thought was just like, it just, God used that to, to expose some things in my own heart. Like, there's certain generational defining sermons. One of them happened about 24 years ago by a pastor named John Piper. John Piper was, was preaching in, in, um, to, a, to a whole uh, group of college students. The title of his message was, Don't Waste Your Life. Don't waste your life. I remember my brother, one reason I remember so well is because my brother was there. It happened in Texas, and he had gone with a whole bunch of college students there, and he came back, it just, just kind of, just, his life had just been changed. Like, God had used that to just sort of wreck his, his heart. And 
this was the premise of the message. Um, America specifically, but this generation is, is trying, to, trying to get all of us to buy into that, that all, the, all that's meaningful in life is preparing for the future, retirement, and the American dream, essentially. If you can set your life up in such a way that when you retire, you're going to have this amount of money in the bank account, and you're going to build this kind of a comfortable life, then, every, then, you've, then you've done it. You've succeeded in life. And his call to these college students was, don't buy that lie. Like, don't buy into that that's what matters and that's what life is all about. And he, he gives this illustration. You can find it on YouTube, but he shares, um, he shares a story about two missionary ladies that were in their 80s. Uh, they were serving somewhere in Africa, and um, he said, in their 80s, given their entire life following after Jesus, giving their lives, serving on the mission field, um, they had a car accident, crashed. Both of them died instantly. He said, and the world looks at that and says, what a tragedy. What, what a tragedy. And, and his challenge to those college students was, is that a tragedy? Is that really a tragedy when, when two women gave up their entire lives to serve and follow Jesus in the foreign fields to people who had never heard the name of Jesus and then lived and died out there on the mission field? Is that a tragedy? And he, he says, no, that's not a tragedy. I'll tell you what a tragedy is. And then he pulls out this, this Reader's Digest um, journal article, and, and he says, this is a tragedy. The story tells about two people, Bob and Penny, who, uh, who lived their, their life and, and they saved and they worked hard so they could retire early. He said they, they retired and they, they moved to Florida. They bought a big old yacht. And he says, and so it's just explaining what they're doing now. It says then they spend their days floating in their boat, playing golf and collecting shells collecting shells he said that is a tragedy because think about it they're about to enter the final moments of their life he said and, and what are they living for what are they going to do one day when they stand before god and they say hey god look look at my boat look at all the stuff i have look at look at what i did and here it is god here's my shell collection he says that's the tragedy that's a wasted life. I remember just watching that sermon and asking myself that question. I, I don't want to get to the end of my life and say I've wasted it. I've wasted my life. Well, what is it that God is calling us, church, to give our lives to? to give our lives to because we're called for more than just coming and sitting in a, in a church service we're called to more than that one thing that we like to do every year is is sort of again set the stage what is it that god is calling us to as a church um, we want to restate our vision and our, and our mission and and we want to make sure that we're still pursuing it are we still chasing after what God is calling us to? We've talked about our mission before. Our mission here at Hope Valley Church is to see every single person in our valley, throughout the world, everybody that we encounter, our desire is to see every single person changed by the gospel. 
trained in the gospel and sent out with the gospel. We, to see every person changed by the gospel, that is, that is God's working for us. So we want to see that every single person is, is changed and then continually being changed by, by the gospel. But that's what God does for us. That's what we could say justification, God's work on our behalf. But then we want to see God working in us. We want to see the, 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 the training up, the discipleship, the sanctification, growing closer to become more and more like Jesus. But then we also want to see every single one of us, God's working through us, right? That is God's uh, being sent out. Maybe it's, maybe it's to Indonesia, like the Johnsons, or, or maybe it's just across the street, but God working in and through every single one of us. And so we, as, as Hope Valley, as members of this church, we, we call each other out. So we are called out. We have a, what's called a membership covenant. And, and a part of that, we have, we have some things that we see that um, are, um, are important to every single church member's life. And we lay them out there. And we say, hey, we believe that God is calling us by his grace to these things. And if you're in, then we hope that you are. We hope that you'll jump in and join us as, as members of Hope Valley as we press on aggressively after what God has called each and every one of us to. We call that covenant church membership. And some people, you know, are maybe unconvinced that membership is even important. Maybe it doesn't even matter. But we feel like it does matter. We feel like membership is important and that it matters. Um, and uh, it, because... Uh, membership at a church again sometimes it's just because we don't understand what the church is sometimes people have just in our day we just the church has become a building that people go to and that's not what the church is the church is not a building that that we can you know fashion that uh, or, or whatever um, to to gather in no the church is the gathering of of people so we could define it this way that the local church is a group of Jesus followers who gather together grow together and go together like that's that's if you want to break it down that's the the local church not a building but a gathering of people followers of jesus who gather who grow and who go and we get to partner together on mission on the mission that god has given us and it's this idea of together that we we do these things together that that's where we get this idea of membership Right, it's 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 gathering together, and so a lot of times what we do is we we substitute the word membership for partnership, right? Because we believe that it's, you're not you're not joining an organization; you're partnering with people on mission. You're partnering with a body of of believers on on mission, and so we believe that that God has called us to do this in the context of community. Never, none of us were meant to do in this life on our own. We're called to do it together in community. And that happens in the context of a, of a local church. Listen, I, I love, I have some pastors that I listen to, like through podcasts and, and YouTube, and that are incredible. Like, I, I'm challenged by them. I'm encouraged by them. Um, I'm convicted by the word of God that, <clears throat> through them. But they don't know me, right? Like, they're, like they're not, they don't shepherd my, my life, my heart, my family. Like, so 
So there's important to where, yes, it's great to, to, to listen to those things, to listen, but you've got to connect somewhere, right, where there's a, there's a local group of people that love you, that care about you, that encourage you, that challenge you, that push you, that rebuke you. All, all those things happen in the context of, of church. And so the danger can be for church membership that we go about it. There's, there's two, two different things. One is that church membership can be viewed like a gym membership, right? We've talked about this before at Hope Valley, where <clears throat> it's like, what, 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 what's in it for me? Like, what amenities do you have to offer, right? Like, you're going to go to the Planet Fitness and see, let me go check out what you got first before I, you know, I, I sign up. Um, and for sure, we do enjoy benefits of being together as a church family. We, there's, you know, incredible people that get to pour into our kids and, and to, the, to the students. And we, there's things that we get to do, things that we get to enjoy. But that, that happens in the context of us giving ourselves into the local church and to, to one another. But I think the worst danger is not necessarily the gym membership idea. The worst thing is that it becomes an exclusive club. I think the most dangerous thing in a church is that it's a, it can become, no, this is for our little group and no one else is allowed. Nothing will destroy a church faster than that. Than an attitude that says, no, you don't look like us, you don't smell like us, you don't, you don't act like us, like you, you're not welcome here. And that can never, that can never be true at Hope Valley. We can't let that ever happen. You know, we had some, a little bit of sadness this week at our, at our home. Some of you may know, but we had a friend um, that our, our Hope community and our church had been helping for a while. His name was Tony. Some of you guys met him here. Um, and it's sad because he has found a job in North Carolina, and he's moving on. So we took him to the bus this week and, and got him sent there. So it was some sadness, I think, in our family because we've grown to really love him. And, and um, he sat right over here. Um, he was, uh, he had been homeless, uh, and somebody in our Hope community, Joey and Tammy, had discovered that he was living in a tent, and so we began to just try to meet him, get to know him, help him out, um, and then our church family as a whole got to help this guy find shelter and food and supplies, but most of all, has showered him with love. And he began to tell me one day one after he left here that he had never felt such love in his entire life. It, it was just incredible to see the, the change that began to happen in, in Tony's life just over the past several months. And so I'm thankful. I'm thankful, church, for you, for, for you, for loving him well. And now it is sad that we, like, we, we got to get close and then now he's, and now he's, he's moving on. And, he's, and, and we're praying for him and I pray that it, that it works out well for him. But in the moment that God had given us the opportunity, we, we, we rose up and we were able to meet those specific needs. And so I'm thankful, but that has to be the norm here. Like it has to be. It has to be because that's what God has called us to. So we're partnering together on mission to reach our valley with the hope that is only found in Jesus. And we'll say it again, and we'll say it again, and we'll say it again. Now, this is what's crazy for me to think about. So, I can't believe that it, we're, we're at six years now at Hope Valley, which is, blows my mind to think about, that, we are at, that we're now starting six years 
and all that God has done over th- these past years. Some of you have been there from the very beginning. Some of you who are brand new. And I'm so excited because you're jumping in at a perfect time. I think the Lord has, <clears throat> has primed us for some incredible opportunities to, to uh, continue to advance the gospel. And I'm just excited. I'm just excited about the, what the season ahead and that all that God has for, uh, for us. And I believe, and our leadership team has been, we've been praying and talking about this for a while. I believe that God has given us some, just God-given opportunities that we have ahead of us. Um, that we are so pumped about um, and excited to see how exactly. Now, we don't have all the details worked out. We don't have all the kinks worked out. But we believe that God's leading this way, so we're going to walk in that as, as, as he leads us. But we have some incredible opportunities. I want to share some of those opportunities with us this morning, just so we can uh, just wrap our minds and begin praying about all that God is doing. We have an opportunity, one, to send the Johnsons to Indonesia. Like, that's incredible. Like, God brought the Johnson family uh, to us and uh, has just been working in them. God's been working through them in our church family. So, and it's, it's, it's um, so many of you have grown to, to, to love them. And, and in fact, it's, it's hard not to love this family, a family that's devoted to the Lord, that desires to serve him with their whole heart, mind, and soul, and strength. Um, and so, but here's, here's where it gets hard, though, right? We have grown to deeply love them. And when you have to say goodbye, that's where it gets hard, right? When it's like, man, God's doing so, this is such a cool opportunity. And yet you have to let go, right? You have to say, like, that's hard. But imagine the joy that we get to participate in when people hear the gospel in Indonesia that haven't heard before. And we get to participate in that. We get to be senders. We get to, to launch them out and participate and be a part of that. And yes, it's hard, but there's a joy that comes with that. So we're excited about that opportunity. We have an opportunity this year to start new hope communities, right? New groups in different places. Now listen, that's hard, isn't it? It's hard to sometimes say goodbye to a group that you've been connected to to start a new one. But there's some people in here that God's calling you to start a group. And it's, it's time to start one. And so we've, it, it's hard to think about some of those things, but think about the joy that we get to participate in what God is doing and more people get to come and we're making space for, you know, for, for people in more living rooms where the gospel gets to be preached and lives get to be encouraged. So yes, it's, it's hard. But there's a joy that comes with it. We have the opportunity, listen, to help start, plant a new church in Elliston, Shawsville area. Like, we've been praying about this for years. We've been praying about this specifically, even this location, not having any clue what was going to be happening, but we've been praying about that area for years. And now we have this crazy opportunity where a church literally wants to give us their building and properties for the sake of the continuation of gospel ministry in the exact area and location that we've been praying about like like that's that's incredible now it's gonna it's not gonna be easy right things like that are hard especially when it comes to to launching and starting a new church when what what that very likely is going to mean that some of us from this church family are are going to be a part of a of a new like that's hard but think about the joy that we get to participate in God's kingdom advancing in 
Elliston, Shawsville, and, and, and reaching people with the gospel of Jesus. It's, it's incredible that God has allowed us to be a part of that. We also have an opportunity to make more space here. We have an opportunity to make some more space right here. So we've been talking and praying about, okay, what, is, what, uh, what does two services look like here? So there, you guys, if you were here Christmas Eve, you realize there was not, there wasn't even breathing room in, in here. And so we're thinking, okay, so what does that look like then to, to start two services so that we could have two service times, multiple times, it would help with, with uh, the, the opportunity to reach out to more to more, more people. Now listen, we've said from the beginning, we are not trying to build a megachurch. That's the, that's the last thing we are trying to do. We, but we do want to make sure that we, that we have space for people that God does lead here. So we're going to be asking that question this week. And maybe it might be a little bit hard when we, we shift things around a little bit. But that's okay, because think about the joy when new people and new faces, like Tony, get to come off the street into this place to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. We believe that these are some opportunities that God is, is leading us into. And we're excited about it. We're excited about what this year is going to be, what the next couple years are going to be. And so every year around this time, we do what we call um, like membership renewal or covenant renewal. And what that simply means is this is that those of us who are already currently members of Hope Valley Church, it's a way just to solidify and say, yes, I'm, I'm here, I'm still in, I'm on mission with you, sign me up, let's, let's go. For those of you who are not yet members, maybe you've been hanging out for a while, maybe you've just been maybe on the, on the sidelines for a while, maybe it's time for you to say, yes, I'm in, I'm ready to roll. Maybe for others of you, you're just brand new here, you're still trying to figure things out, and, and, and what is it that this church is all about, and that's awesome, and we invite you just to, just to hang out and to see what, what God is doing. But while you're hanging out, we still in, we invite you into community. We invite you into our hope communities. We invite you into serve. We invite you into all of those things as well. So we're excited. Um, and, and just uh, probably this week, or is it next week? Yeah, you guys are going to be, all of our church members are going to be receiving an email with the, the, the option to be able to, to, to renew your covenant membership. Um, and again, if you've been with us for any period of time, you realize that you, you, you check the box, say, hey, I'm, I'm in. If there's a specific area of your life where maybe you, you, were, you had a struggle or something, you could share those with us as well. You say, hey, 2023 was, was, was hard because of this. Would you pray for me? Or in 2023, I struggled with this. Would you, would you pray for me? And we as your pastors want to desire to come alongside and, and help you in whatever it is that you're walking through. Um, for those of you who have never been a member, we're going to have a membership uh, class coming up in uh, probably next month, and uh, where we have a lunch together, get to hear the core values, the beliefs, all the things that are important to us here at Hope Valley. Um, and then there's the church covenant that you can see. We, we want to meet with every single person that desires to join. We hear your story, hear how God is working in your life as well. So we have opportunities ahead of us, and it's exciting. It's it, it's. Not always easy, but there's a joy that's accompanied with the difficulty. Uh, right now, the worship team's going to come on up. We're going to close our time. I have a couple questions for us to consider this morning. As we, as we close out our service, we, we always have what we call an invitation time. And that is time for us to respond to whatever the Spirit of God is doing. 
What I love about the Holy Spirit of God is that there's most of the time, I'll talk to people afterwards and they say, you know what, the Holy Spirit was, was working in my heart because of this. It had nothing to do with anything that I even said, but yet God's Spirit's working. And so we have this time of response. Because the desire of our heart is that you would never leave here the same way that you came in, but that you would leave closer to Jesus, more in love with Him, more passionate, more excited about being on mission for Him. That's the desire of, of our hearts. So a couple questions for us to consider this morning. What is it that God is calling you personally to give your life to this year? What's he calling you to give up your life for? Or, or what things? Maybe you could think of some specific areas in your life. An old pastor, a friend of mine, said it this way. He said, if your vision for your life can be accomplished apart from God, it's too small. If your vision for your life can be accomplished apart from God, it's too small. What's God calling you to? Maybe it's time for some of you guys, you guys leading you to, to start a Bible study, a hope community group, be a part of a church planting team, uh, be a part of a mission trip this year. We got trips going to Brazil, to Africa, um, another trip to Brazil in August. There's, there's opportunities to get involved. Maybe God's calling you to that. The next question is this, is what sin do you need to put to death this year? What sin or distraction do you need to put to death this year? Kevin said something last week that struck me like an arrow when he was preaching. He said, we need to remember that when we sin, it's not just an event, it's a path. Right? And so, when we start down, that, that's why it's so important to practice repentance. Right? Because if we don't, then we're going to continue down a path. So it, it's not just an event of something that when we mess up and we did something, no, we need to acknowledge that it's, it's a path that the enemy wants to keep chasing you down. And so what is it that God is calling you to repent of, to put to death this year? As we, as a church, follow Jesus together. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your calling, your gracious calling to yourself. You're leading us to follow after you. Lord, I thank you for the, the joy that we get to, to, to join together as a family, a family that loves and, and carries burdens and cries together and rejoices together and hurts together and and all of those things that we get to do together, but we only get to do it together because of your blood, your sacrifice on the cross for us to redeem us and draw us to yourself. So we thank you, Lord, for, for that. We thank you for who you are, for what you're doing. Lord, I pray that you would continue to bless and lead us at Hope Valley Church. Let us not get distracted, but to keep our eyes firmly fixed on you as you lead and guide and direct our steps. I pray for every family, for every dad, every husband, every wife, every child, every, every, every niece, every uncle, every, every single person. As we follow your leading, Holy Spirit will be sensitive to you this year. Would you help us to walk in, uh, walk in a continual re repentance of sin?
following after you and all that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to have this time now. Would you stand to your feet? We're going to sing together. And as we do, um, would uh, just take this time. You can seek the Lord privately. I'll be right here. Uh, Pastor Kevin's over here. We're available if you'd like somebody to pray with. Um, Either way, just take this time uh, to spend with the Lord.